them poor. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. All righty, folks. Welcome to another lovely Sunday afternoon here at the Beer Geeks. Uh, we got a lot of great beers coming up this week. Another phenomenal brewery with a phenomenal guest. We're talking all things Heretic Brewing Company this week. And we have the wonderful Jamil Zanishev joining us shortly on the phone to cover it. Uh, Jamil is kind of a legend within a lot of the brewing industry, especially within the homebrew industry. If you are a homebrewer, I'm sure that name got you a little excited. And uh, what you do is up to you. And uh, <laughs> so we are tapping now. We, we just cracked open a bottle of some Grammar Rye. So we're going to be enjoying that as we get through some of the beer news and things that are happening this week, uh, but Grammarize, so far, the uh, reviews have been outstanding for this one. Another great uh, rye pale ale from the brewery. I'll, I'll tap into all the uh, wonderful things going on with it after I get through this, but the, the beer news this week is kind of short and sweet because it's a big to-do that's going on. Uh, if you haven't seen it, if you have not been on social media, if you have been living under a rock or uh, whatever, uh, I'm sure you've seen that Firestone Walker... Now, the wording that you have seen, and this will depend upon where you get your news, uh, they have partnered with Duval Morgat. Now, Duval, you will know as the partnership owner of Brewery Omegang and also with Boulevard recently. With the, uh, was, that, was that a year ago now? Or was it this it was sh- almost two years ago now, right? Was it? Wow. Yeah. God. I'm, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I think. Yeah, it's been a while, but they, they uh, have now partnered up with Firestone Walker. The details have really been withheld. Uh, but really, it's worded as an investment. So depending on where you saw it, some people have said that it was bought out, it was acquired, whatever. It, it really, from I got the, the press release and how I read it, it's an investment. Uh, they have a stake now in the company, so they have some skin to lose in the game, if you will. But it's not an outright buyout by any means. Uh, there's been some rumors that were circulating that AB InVev and their uh, warships were circling <laughs> Firestone Walker that kind of led to this happening. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see because Duval has partnered up with a lot of great American craft breweries recently. And I have not heard one person complain about it being a real issue or, or it hurting the brewery. I mean, everything we've seen from Oma Gang has only gone uphill since that happened. And they've gotten more great beers, too. So it has not diminished at all. And same thing with Boulevard, all the people in the Kansas City area, especially that have Duval in their back, or yeah, that have Boulevard in their backyard have said nothing but rave reviews about where this is going. So, you know, I'm not going to complain about it, and, and I'm I'm happy to see that because the, the, the main reason that they said even in the PR release was Duval is a family-owned brewery, and it's been for four or five generations now. So they have a knowledge of what they're doing. And, and I have not seen them come in and tell any brewery, all right, we've, we're in here, you're stopping this, we're stopping that, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and we're going to get rid of this, and, like, downsize and change your ingredients to save money. Like, they've just kind of come in and really help them get over the hurdle of a financial investment and want to help the brewery succeed on their own merits, as it were. And they're not overstepping their boundaries by any means. Well, only one would need to look at, uh, you know, Amagong or or Boulevard to see that. Yeah. You know, that's truly the case. Yeah. Those products stand alone on their own merit. People yeah. probably don't even know that they're Duvel owned. Yeah. And the big thing was, too, I remember when Boulevard eventually, uh, originally got, um, uh, well, Duvel bought the stake in um, Boulevard, the outcry was, they're going to change everything. With this one, not so much. It's more like, hey, wow, Firestone Walker has been acquired. It seems like th- no, they're not afraid because of the track record of Boulevard basically being able to do whatever they want to do, you know? So that's a good thing, I think. But yeah, I mean, 
it's going to bring more beer, better beer to better people. And that's the that's the name of the game. That's baby. usually the the bottom line. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. The, the 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 proof is in the liquid, so yeah. to speak. So. Yeah. So, hopefully, we see more of um, more of more information come out as it uh, as you were. Well, because, uh, you know, just kind of you know, we don't want to toss speculation out there because we exactly. but as as what Derek said, it's he read the press release. There were no financial details disclosed, but you look at it and it's rumored to be a $250 million transaction. And, so. It'll leak out eventually, but it's, I mean, it's that whole thing where it's like, oh, if people freak out for a hot minute and then the sun comes up the next day and, you know, we, there's <laughs> we still beer. We live to drink another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, so we'll see where that winds up going. I, I don't know. It'll be an interesting thing, but I mean, it, it, as soon as that, it was funny because I got the press release and literally five minutes later it happened on social media and it's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And you could tell half the people that were putting it out didn't even read the press release. Yeah. The, which is always the fun. The firestorm was so big that it's apparently 95 degrees here because of it. So Yeah, there you go. That's what happens. It's Facebook. It's on <laughs> so, Facebook. It's got to be like So we'll right, dive right? into uh, some new beers that have been announced. Now, Oscar Blues, you know, previous guests we had on here, uh, they have announced they're having a new Blue Dream IPA. It's going to be coming out. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that one. Just to have a nice little IPA, a, a solid IPA from them because I mean, they really hit it out of the park with Pinner. And they actually just started putting Pinner in stove type can, stovepipe cans. Wow, that was <laughs> hard to say. Yeah. They have uh, no 19.2 ounces in that thing, so the uh, circle is even bigger. If you know what that means, then is you're it, good to go. Is there blueberries involved, or is it just a name? I think it's just a name. Oh. It's a, it was just Blue Dream IPA, and then that's all. Uh, Cigar City announced... Is that a type, maybe a type of hop, you think? Like, would, would, would that be the, like... You a, know what? All they had was the can. There was no details on the recipe. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, Cigar City has their, and I probably might be saying this one wrong, but Lorem Ipsum. It is a barley wine aged in brandy barrels. So that'll be interesting because Cigar City really knows what they're doing. They start playing with all that stuff, and that'll be a nice one to try. Uh, Clown Shoes has a new one. The Entertainer, a red ale aged in Cabernet barrels. Ooh. So that'd be interesting, too, because anything <laughs> aged in a Cabernet it always has this really nice taste Sassy. to it. So. The pinky goes up a little higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk a little bit more like this. <laughs> yes. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, I've been forgetting to mention it on here for a while. I've had a few people already find us on there, but we are now on Untapped. Uh, I wanted to have that set up. So if you ever want to drink along with us and tag us, as a, I have a set up as a location, too. You can find Beer Geeks Radio and tag us in his location if you want to drink along with us and having the stuff or just find a more detailed thing of what we're having here every week. I'm tagging him on there all the time, but you can just find us. It's at Beer Geeks Radio on Untapped, and uh, you can kind of follow us on there if you're into that thing. But don't start coming at me with your badges and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> badges? We don't need to stick badges. <laughs> don't start telling me what you got and everything. That's yeah. fine. Just just follow us on there if you want. It just kind of helps to follow along to know what we're going through. So now what we have in front of us that we're drinking is their Grammarai. Now, it's nice. This actually won a gold medal at GABF in 2012, which is impressive because the brewery basically only came online in 2010 and didn't start brewing until 2011. So you already come out of the gate and get a gold medal. And you'll understand why once we talk to Jamil and see his background. It's pretty obvious why they're able to come out of the gate so strong. Uh, but this is 4.4% too, which is really nice. It, it just comes across a lot more because you have all those really wonderful rye notes coming through with this spice balance with this really wonderful hop character. The creaminess. Yeah. It's just, it's so nice to have like a nice solid 4.4 that's not promoted as this is a session IPA or it's just, this is a solid beer 
ABV is irrelevant. It's just nice to have it at 4.4. Yeah, that rye comes through. That, that ABV, to have that amount of rye in there is pretty fantastic. Yeah, and rye is always a pain. I'm sure if you could ask him a couple uh, horror stories about the brewery, I'm sure they would all involve using rye somehow because <laughs> that's all you ever hear is how sticky that is, how much it gums up everything, how difficult it is to work with because there's just so many problems within that. So I... I don't know. It's just a really solid beer, though. I'm really into this one a lot, and this is a great way to kick it off because you have a really nice, mild ABV, and you know we're going to only beef it up from here. we got a lot of beers to work through this week, too, which is nice. There's uh, a lot of variation this week, and it's a brewery that really knows what they're doing. And they're uh, all bomber bottles. Yeah, they're all bomber <laughs> bottles, too. So By the end of the show, it's going to be more interesting to hear from us as well. Yeah. Um, but... No, there, there are so many great things, and it's nice to see a brewery that, that starts out, they're, they're not pushing one thing over another, they just kind of come out of the gate with this wide variance of a lot of great beers, and Jamil's background is a direct parlay into why they have all that, but again, we'll get into that one. Uh, but no, I, I, I love a good rye beer, because sometimes when they're not done right, the spices take over and it's not enjoyable. I like it subtle. If it's not, like, you have to maintain, like, rye is a difficult thing to brew with as an ingredient because of how much it gums up everything. But it's also difficult because if you let it take off too much and that balances out of whack, then that's a whole other problem that, that you, people that aren't into, because a lot of people don't like rye beers because of that spicy characteristic. And if you have it unbalanced, then, oh, God, you're, you're limiting a lot of people. It's one of those beers that I like. Um, if I don't want something huge, but I want something a little bit more than your base ale or pale ale or something like that, just bring a little bit more to the beer, a little bit more taste, a little bit more yum-yum. <laughs> a little yum bit more yum-yum. That's what we're always looking for here. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of yum-yum, uh, we're going to up against a break right now. So we're going to come back, and we're going to have the wonderful, yummy Jamil Zanishef on the phone to talk to. And i uh, got a lot of great beers and a lot of conversation coming up. So stay tuned here on the Beer Geeks, W-I-L-K. H2O, the premier family water park in the Poconos, understands you work hard for your money. And have they got a deal for you? Now through Labor Day, all adult tickets are just $25, and all kids' tickets are just 18 all day, every day, with no restrictions. All you have to do is mention Summer 15 when you purchase online or at the park to receive this discount. $25 adult tickets and $18 tickets for the kids all summer long. For more information or to purchase your tickets, go to SplitRockResort.com. That's SplitRockResort.com. It's the 2015 payment-free summer event going on now at Dixon. Dixon. Dixon City Hyundai. Drive a new Hyundai today and make no payments till October. 2016 Elantra. Lease for only $159 a month. Save up to $3,000 or buy it for $14,995. 2015 Sonatas. Lease for only $179 a month and save up to $6,000. We have the largest Hyundai inventory in Northeastern PA with over 500 cars in stock. Choose from any 2015 and 2016 model all on sale and ready for immediate delivery. 4x4 Tucson, Santa Fe, Elantra, Sonatas, Veloster, Accents, Azera, even the all-wheel drive Genesis. We want your trade. It doesn't matter what you owe and no payments till October. Zero down delivers on all new Hyundais and America's best warranty 10 years 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. And save up to 7500 on select new Hyundais at Dixon City Hyundai. 81-2-Exit-191A. Just past the Viewmont Mall on the left. Get details at DixonCityHyundai.com or call 1-800-HYUNDAI. 2016 Elantra stock number K231. Price includes all rebates to dealer, including military stock number J126-7500 off. All leases 36 months, 12,000 miles per year, 1999. Do it signing plus tax and tags. Men, if you're like me, you appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. A sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack? 
when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price. And if saving money and a clean shave isn't incentive enough, Harry's will give you their starter set, complete with a razor, three of their world-famous blades, and shaving cream for just 15 bucks. And shipping is always free. We'll also give you five bucks off your first order. Our way of saying thank you for trying us. How are we able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures them. That's how. So go to harrys.com right now and enter code 8800 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 8800. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I'm sitting in a bar. I'm all alone. Yeah, and okay, I'm a dog and I'm only three. But you know what? That's not all that important. I'll show you what is. Hey, Rocco. Yes, Bruno. Don't give me the usual. I want to try something new. Try the Sansalone Lager. It's delicious. Oh, that's good. Next time you're out, don't order the same old beer. Break the habit. Try Anzalone's special beer. Change your habits. Change your world. Anzalone's special beer. Taking a trip back. All right. <laughs> so we are now back here on Beer Geeks Radio Hour, and we are welcoming to the show the wonderful, the handsome, the enjoyable Mr. Jamil Zanishev. Jamil, how are you, sir? All right. <laughs> how was that for an intro? Uh, clearly, you've never seen me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamil, you're going to have to permit me to wax your car a little bit up front because, you know, you as me, you know, personally have influenced me a lot with everything you've done with your writing, your magazine articles and BYO and even the podcast on Brewing Network has really helped me get a lot of information over the years, let alone having some of your great beers is also always a good way. But uh, I just want to say thank you up front. Just kind of get that out of the way. Uh, that's very kind of you. Oh, He's... I Derek's blushing right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm uh, hiding under the table a little bit, though, just the bottom half. But uh, so, Jamil, going back, like, when did you first get into home brewing? Uh, it was around uh, 1999. Uh, a friend of mine, Steve, gave me a, a beer over the fence, and it turned out to be a home brew. And it was one of the best beers I've ever had. And I asked him, uh, you know, geez, you know, where do I buy this beer? And he said, yeah, I made it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, you can actually make beer at home. I was so excited. I had thought, you know, you needed lots of stainless steel and a factory and German people to make beer. So. <laughs> you have to have Germans. <laughs> yeah, I told my wife, and uh, she got me a Mr. Beer kit, and I got started from that in 99. So now how long from that time period did it take you to realize you wanted to do this, like from that first batch? Like when did you realize you wanted to go pro doing this? Um, I'm not sure I ever did want to go pro. <laughs> I, I really like uh, home brewing. And, um, you know, just uh, things led up to me, you know, kind of doing this. Um, I mean, I enjoy it, but I still kind of consider myself uh, a home brewer and just at a much larger scale, and I can sell it now. So that's really the change for me. So the, one of the things, too, that's really interesting is that you sought out from the get-go, like you wanted to win a medal in every BJCP category, and you managed to do that and win a gold in every one, and then you wound up publishing Brewing Classic Styles, which is a highly influential book. Now, how long from when you first started to when the book was published, like how long of a, a time period of that encompassed that you set that as a goal and how long did it take you to achieve that? 
Um, I didn't. I never had the book as a goal. Um, I, I was just trying to master my brewing skills, and I thought the the best way to do that was to brew every known style and do it well. And so that took me um, maybe five years. Okay. So now, when when did Heretic first open? When was that transition? Uh, or maybe maybe the idea first. Sorry, the, the idea of opening Heretic. When did that transpire? Well, that was like October of 2010, and we brewed our first beer May of 2011. And what were the initial beer offerings when the when the brewery first opened? So the first beer we brewed was uh, Evil Twin, uh, the Red IPA, and then the second beer we brewed, I think, was. Oh, no, the very first beer we brewed was Taffelbully, which was a uh, collaboration with a homebrewing friend of mine, Matt Staley. Um, he always wanted to do a pro-am beer. And I said, hey, when, when I open up the brewery, you know, you can do a pro-am beer. And then it was planned that it would be months in before we did it, but things got delayed. And so it ended up being our very first beer. It ended up being a 22-hour day. God. It was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so we brewed Taffel Bully, and then we brewed Evil Twin, and I think we brewed Evil Cousin, and then we brewed Shallow Grave. Well, you started off on a, a great foot, it sounds like. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was better if, it, if his beer got screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I think you throw someone else under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, with everything from the book and your background in homebrewing, did you, most of those recipes initially, was that based on your award-winning recipes, or did you have to tweak things a bit? Like, were they the same recipes, or did you have to tweak them a bit as you're going into this larger scale? Um, I just came up with new recipes. Okay. Um, some of them are, you know, sort of based on the homebrew recipes. Um, one comment somebody made when, when we announced that we're opening a brewery was, oh, he's just going to brew, you know, his brewing classic styles recipes, and that's all it's going to be. And I kind of took offense at that. <laughs> And I'm like, well, no, I can just come up with all new recipes. That's not a big deal. And so uh, just came up with new recipes for everything. I like how they make it sound like it's a bad thing. It's not like, you know, these are crappy beers. I'm just going to redo. It's like they're all one award winning. It's like, oh, he's just going to brew those beers that won awards. What a schmuck. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, no, I just, uh, and, and sometimes it's easier to, um, you know, just start over than it is to try and scale something up. Although, you know, it's not that hard. It's yeah. just, uh, I think if, if you're chasing, oh, this should be exactly like the homebrew was, then, you know, why? I don't know. I, I just thought, I thought I'd do, do stuff new. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. So, no, we've talked to breweries from the, the starting point, like they're not even a year old, all the way up to like Jim Cook and Tony McGee, and they, they've all had these wonderful horror stories of, of as they get going. So, like, when you transitioned into doing this pro thing, what was kind of one of the, the things that happened? I mean, it sounds kind of like the Taffa Bully Day, but, like, what was one of the kind of things that happened that made you realize, like, holy crap, like, I'm on a pro level, and this went wrong. I didn't see this one coming. Um, I, uh, I, I think, um, you know, generally in the brewing part, that's, that's not a problem. Uh, you know, it's more in, in the business 
part of things, really, and the financial part of things that yeah. all the surprises come. But uh, I did try uh, yeast for one of our, for, uh, you know, going into some special beers that we were doing. Um, I did try yeast from another manufacturer, a newer manufacturer, and it was, um, it really didn't work out well. <laughs> the, the, the yeast wouldn't flocculate. The flavor profile was all wrong. It was just a total waste. I ended up dumping $10,000 in here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned my lesson the hard way. You know, when you're a home brewer, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll just try, you know, an ingredient from a different supplier. What's the big deal? Um, uh, but in this case, uh, came back to bite me. Um, and so I learned my lesson. I get all my yeast now from either White Labs or Y Yeast and nobody else. Yeah, it's definitely one of the differentiations between home brewing and, and large scale because the amount of money, when you have to dump a batch, it's like, ah, oh, it's 30 bucks, whatever. Now it's <laughs> 10 grand. I'm like, oh, there, there goes my mortgage. <laughs> So, yeah, it wasn't easy. One of the other things, I mean, with everything that you do with, with, you know, all the different avenues and the traveling that you do within this, like, where does that passion come from for you in this industry? And, like, why, you know, push yourself so much doing all the various things that you do? Like, where does that drive and that passion come from for you in this? Uh, for me, it's, um, you know, I, I love homebrewers. I love... Uh, the, the spirit of homebrewing and the people that do it. Um, for example, I just went to uh, Albuquerque and uh, visited uh, Southwest Grape and Grain, the homebrew shop there, and uh, Boxing Bear Brewing. And they brought me out to meet with the local pro brewers and local homebrewers and nothing else because uh, we don't distribute our beer there. Um, but I just love the spirit of people who like like to brew and and like uh, craft beer it's it's a very positive sharing uh you know interesting crowd people that are you know clever and smart and um passionate about things and so you know, spending time with those kinds of people and sharing things with those kinds of people just makes you feel good and makes you feel like you're doing something worthwhile and so that's really where it comes from. I just, I just like being with those kinds of people. So, yeah, it's it's always nice to have that as opposed to you know hopping on the internet and, and dealing with with those people. It's different when you're sitting there face to face and get that uh, real yeah. feedback from them. That it's genuine because there, you know, anybody can try a beer and then turn around and post something. You're like, oh well, this was you know and just crap all over or whatever because no one's in front of them. When you get sit down with someone and you get those genuine feedback with like it, it makes you appreciate it more because it's a genuine connection. Mm-hmm. So now, one of the other things within, you know, everyone always asks, what's your favorite beer? Like, what is your favorite beer to brew that you have? Like, what is one that you really, is there one that you enjoy brewing more, that you have more fun with? No, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I like them all. Um, you know, I, I like well-brewed beer. You know, something that's made really well, something that turns out really good. That's That's what I like. I don't really care too much you know one way or another you know what the process was i like them all um i'm having a lot of fun with you know brett and bacteria doing sour barrel aid stuff um we just uh recently were able to hire a, a barrel guy wow. uh, that focuses on on our barrel aid stuff so we're getting more and more done in those and i think we get about 150 barrels now and we were 
um, one of my distributors stopped by the other day and um, we went through and we're sampling from the barrels and we've got these different sours and it's like oh this one tastes really good oh this one tastes even better oh this one is fantastic <laughs> and it's just it's kind of fun to see how they develop it takes so long to do them you know some of them you know we do we've done sours up to three years old so far and we've done uh, you know one and two year hours and it's just uh, it's amazing how different the barrels are yeah. and it's it's kind of like a surprise when I do something in stainless and I can control everything um, I know exactly how it's going to turn out, and there's very little in the way of surprises. Yeah, we had uh, Lauren Lauren Salazar on from from New Belgium a few weeks ago, and we were talking about that, and she was saying, you know, there's, it's so interesting because it's like each barrel is it's almost like a different person and has its own character, and you know, she had her favorite barrel that she named and all that fun stuff <laughs> too as well. Because as you get into that more, right? Yeah, I haven't taken to uh, kissing her, <laughs> but um, you'll get there. <laughs> the uh, you know, two barrels side by side. Um, you would think it, it had the exact same stuff done to it, exact same uh, beer put in it, exact same critters put in it, and they taste different. Yeah. And it's it's the porosity of the wood. It's you know, slight environmental factors. Uh, you know, this one's getting slightly more breeze than the other one is, or something. You know, it's it's amazing. Now, with the with the wide variance that you have of beer styles, it, what's the most popular one for you as the brewery right now in sales? Uh, the bulk of our sales are Evil Twin, the uh, Red IPA. Mm -hmm. And then um, second to that would be the Evil Cousin, uh, Double IPA, and then, uh, I guess it's an IPA-centric world. Yeah. And then... Um, the next would be probably chocolate hazelnut porter or shallow grave. Yeah, definitely. That, that's what we hear from everybody. It's always, you know, some variant of an IPA is always the, the number one out the door. And we've talked on here before about some breweries that tried opening up and saying, you know, they're anti-IPA, which is all well and good. And I can understand they make the stance of we're not going to do one. And then you go back and visit them in a year. And it's like, yeah, well, you yeah. know, <laughs> we'd have been out of business. <laughs> yeah. So there's really no way of avoiding that one. Well, yeah, it's you know it's what the distributors want, yeah. and um, it's it's just one of those things. You know, everybody's got one. You got I guess you know, twenty years ago, everybody had to have a Hefeweizen or American wheat or something. Now everybody has to have an IPA. Um, we do quite a, a large volume in our porters, uh, which has been surprising to the distributors. They're all always shocked when people are drinking porter, especially during the summer, but. Good porter, I think you can you can drink any time of year. Oh yeah, I was just going to say this exact thing. Like a good porter is a good porter. It doesn't matter if it's winter or summer. I mean, it, it just should be really enjoyable, and you know, that's what you need out of it. So where where can people find your beers? Like where is Heretic distributed right now? We do ninety percent of our sales in California, around the Sacramento, San Francisco region. Um, it's also down into Southern California um, with uh, Central Coast Distributing, which was our first distributor. And then we do, um, let's see, we do Florida. We do um, uh, Pennsylvania, mainly uh, in the uh, Philly area. We do North Carolina, Vermont, uh, Hawaii, Oregon, and Utah. Not Utah, um, Idaho, sorry. And then um, internationally, we do Australia, 
Taiwan, Thailand, Singapore, South Korea, Japan, Canada, the UK, and Spain. Wow. It's hard to, kind of hard to keep Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. It, that's like you know, a hop, skip, and a jump. Like, I, I have to ask, the one that jumped out to me was Idaho. How did that, I, that's like I've never heard someone tagging, like, how did Idaho wind up? Well, um, I mean, other than they were interested, I mean, that's kind yeah. of <laughs> no. There's still a state, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we used to get a lot of um, people asking, you know, if they could get our beer. A lot of home brewers were saying, "Oh, I wish I could get your beer to try it." And you know, I can't ship beers from California to other states for sale. Um, so somebody said, "Well, you know, there's this." bottle shop in Idaho that can send to 35 states. Here's, or, you know, maybe it was them that, that contacted me and said, we can send to 35 states. We know you want to get the beer out to, you know, a lot of home brewers, and um, you know, here's a distributor that'll, you know, take it in so we can get it. And so we just did that just to, that kind of felt like I owed it to a lot of people to let them try the beer. I didn't really care about making any money off of it. It was more just to, um, you know, kind of share the the products with people so they could try them and and you know tell me what they thought. So that's how we ended up with Idaho. Okay, that's it. Just that was the one. I'm like, all right, I get all the international, and that's neat. But it's just Idaho. Like I never heard anybody tag that one down as this specific. So yeah, it's a it's a good beer market. Boise oh. Boise is a cool town, and there's a lot of passionate beer drinkers there. Yeah, it's definitely one of those up and coming areas, especially because they've been dry for so long. Because so many craft brewers, especially, you know, kind of jumped over that area because they just kind of looked at it as a vast wasteland, I guess, if you will. So we are now it's enjoying. Beautiful. We are we are enjoying some uh, Evil Twin. So let's dive into this a little bit. Like, what was the the? I mean, I know this is going to be going back a little bit, but. Was there, like, an inspiration behind doing this or, or, or like, uh, an idea you had in your mind that you were tagging us off? It's really interesting having those, like, subtle roasted notes and everything, kind of differentiating it from normally red IPAs I think of as being kind of very sugary sweet. This this has a different take on that. Uh, the funny thing on Evil Twin was when we were first starting up, you know, people would say, well, what kind of beers are you going to brew? And so I would tell them about, oh, you know, I want to do this, uh, you know, the Flanders, sour, but dark. I want to do, you know, all these different things. And they'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then I'd say, uh, well, and I had this idea for this beer called Evil Twin. And they go, ooh, that sounds really good. I'd buy that. I'm like, well, I haven't told you what the beer is. <laughs> you said evil. You said evil. Really I'm like, okay, okay, I see how this works. And so... Um, I had used the name Evil Twin back uh, long before for a homebrew um, recipe that I made up uh, that was kind of an homage to uh, a, a beer from uh, uh, Alesmith in San Diego. They had a Evil Dead Red, mm-hmm. and uh, the owner, Peter, wouldn't share any of the recipe information with me because it was one of his employees' homebrew recipes. But I was doing an article, and so I needed a recipe, so I just made this up. And it wasn't really um, a clone or anything of his recipe, but I really liked the name. And so I needed a new beer that kind of was along the same lines. So I just came up with another recipe for to fill in for the name. And um, I like... Uh, I like balanced beers. Yeah. So the one thing about the Evil Twin is um, it's quite hoppy, but it's also quite malty. 
it also finishes dry. And so it's one of those beers where you can drink a lot of it, and people who like hoppy beers go, ooh, I like this, this is really hoppy. And the people who say, oh, no, I don't like hoppy beers, I don't like IPAs, they try it and they go, ooh, but I really like this one because it's got, you know, a balance to it. So we say it's, it's bold but balanced. Yeah, it's definitely easy drinking completely. I can like it's not one of those. Like it's it's, I think it's one of those beers that depends on what you're thinking of when you go into it. If you go in thinking like this is an IPA, the hops are going to kind of jump forward to you a little bit more. Whereas you kind of get it and look at the color and don't think about that, then the malts are going to jump out at you more. So it's kind of one of those. What do you lay on the table before you you put it in your mouth? Right. Which kind of sounds awful as I said that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> well. So that beer has uh, a lot of crystal malt in it, but um, yeah, we attenuate it really well, and then it's also got, um, like you said, some roast notes to it. Yeah. And uh, not roast notes, so it gets kind of coffee-like, but the, enough roast notes to kind of dry the finish as well. And uh, I think that helps with you know the balance. Otherwise, they end up too sweet, too full. Yeah, that's definitely what, that's what made me think of that because to me when I saw red IPA because I hadn't had this and it, it that was my first thought was typically you get a lot of crystal malts coming through and a lot of red IPAs and it has that sweet I mean it's usually kept in balance but usually that's what jumps out anymore they're a lot sweeter than a regular IPA it's not as dry but having this like it has a subtle a, like a flash of sweetness but then you get a little bit of that roastedness and it has that really nice dry finish to it that just like ends it out which is really good and makes it that really easy drinking quality of it no, one of my pet peeves is uh, beers that are not attenuated well. Um, well, you're a home brewer. you, you got to have that if you want to do anything with that one. Right, right. And, um, you know, there's there's just so many new beers coming on the market that aren't fully attenuated. It's kind of bizarre. So people are getting used to these really sweet, heavy beers that I, I just don't think you can drink a lot of them. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like a pleasurable experience to me. Yeah, that's what we had uh, Garrett Oliver on, and Garrett was calling, we were talking about like these bigger beers, and he was saying that he's kind of sick of the, what he called challenging beers, like almost the brewers are daring people to, to try to drink them because of their IBU content or whatever, that it can kind of get to be too much, and they're not enjoyable anymore. Mm-hmm. But we are now up against the break, Jamil, and uh, so we're going to have to cut this one off. But I really appreciate giving us uh, a call today. We have some more beers we're going to dive into as we go through the show. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. I, I really appreciate it, brother. And, and again, thank you for everything you do. And, and best of luck with everything. I know this is a stressful job. <laughs> All right. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. I'll talk again soon, brother. Cheers. 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 Right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. For most companies, Internet speeds are a game of chance like the phone company offering up to internet speeds. Chances are, up to means that speed is not available depending on your location. With Comcast Business, your business's internet connection speed isn't left to chance. That's because the speeds we offer are available across our entire network. No games, no chance. Game over. So call 866-704-8952 and get 25 megabit internet for $69.95 a month. Not up to the speed you pay for, all the speed you pay for. Comcast Business, built for business. Offer in September 30th, 2015. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year contract required. Early termination fees apply. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Require subscription to business voice and TV services. Call for details. Copyright 2015 Comcast. All rights reserved.
For P150, P150 GA, P150 OK, P150 TN, C250A, C250E, C250Q. Have you put off seeing the dentist because you can't afford to go? Are big dental bills taking a big toll on your wallet? Would you like to have dental insurance but think it's too expensive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company for a free information kit. See how you can help protect your teeth and your wallet for less than a dollar a day. 1-800-300-2244. This is real dental insurance that can help cover over 300 procedures. Everything from cleanings and fillings to crowns and dentures. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired or on Medicare. You can see any dentist you choose and you'll never pay a deductible. Call in the next 10 minutes and we'll rush you a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-300-2244. That's 1-800-300-2244. 1-800-300-2244. Are you looking for alternative strategies to help you be more financially confident? Then tune in to Secure Retirement Radio with Mark and Mike every Saturday morning at 7.30 right here on WILK News Radio. Home. 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 Home is what matters most. That's why WILK is bringing you more live local programming. To give the issues. The corruption probe. Your lives. The attention needed to rebuild our great area. WILK brings you more of what you deserve. Your own backyard. The heartbeat. The soul. The pride of Northeast Pennsylvania. People you trust. WILK News Radio AM and FM. WILKNewsRadio.com. Trying to find a beer you truly enjoy is becoming a rather daunting task. Everywhere you turn, another beer, another company, another slogan, another gimmick. Here at Anzalone Special Beer, we decided our gimmick was going to be, well, good taste. Perhaps not the most creative of gimmicks, of course, but certainly the most flavorful. Anzalone Special Beer. Good taste is our gimmick. Anzalone. We are back, and we have cracked open another absolutely phenomenal beer. Uh, during the break, we cracked open a bottle of Heretic's Evil Cousin, their double IPA, which Jamil talked about a little bit. And this is, all of us upon the first sip, we're, we're very happy with this one. This is a big boy. It's, it's 8%. Definitely a double IPA as soon as like you, you get the taste of it, but it doesn't drink like that because it dries out so much. Like, I, I've said on here before, like, my favorite thing about a good double IPA is a good dry punch. Like Just that really wonderful dry kick at the back end. Like I love a super dry IPA, and this has that in spades. Like This is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, w- just looking at this beer real quick, I thought, you know, West Coast Influence, big IPA, 8%. I, f- I figured it's going to be, it's gonna, it was going to taste like Rambo falling face first, no pine tree. <laughs> but it's... Because Rambo, oh, well, the first one, you know, I was thinking of them in the desert because the yeah. third one. Yeah, it, this it is so drinkable. This is dangerous. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's incredible that it's 8% because you get... It, it, it's, I can't believe you busted <laughs> Rambo reference, man. Did you see he's fighting ISIS in the next one? Did yeah. you see about that? Yeah. Oh, so there we go. But uh, no, but this is really nice because it, it has that, that dry finish really gives it almost a... Because it's not a thin mouthfeel at all. It just it dries out so much at the end that it almost gives an appearance like it is. You get that first mouthfeel, and it's like it's really full double IPA up front, but it's super light and crispy, like right across like the the, mouth, the palate. Like it just... it's This is like one of the best double IPAs I, I 
would say. Because, I mean, it, I love the dryness of it because it's not overly malty. You, you see a lot of uh, double IP is kind of going into that category because they're trying to they, they're trying to ramp up the IBUs. And to ramp up the IBUs, they got to keep the balance. And they wind up making a beer. Like, I, I enjoy them, but they wind up being a little overly malty. And it's nice when you can get one that still maintains a good balance but has a less malty mouthfeel. Ed, what are you thinking? Well, I think it's super. I don't want to repeat everything you just said, but <laughs> it, it, it's but very, allow it, me to. It's hop forward. Uh, it, it, it is dry. Um, and I can't believe it's eight percent. I can get into some serious trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is one. It, this, I'm sure if you if you're in one of the areas, where, I mean, which their distribution is like that's incredible. Because when I ask them that, I'm thinking, oh, you know, this state, that state, this state, and maybe you know one or two international. Because that's where a lot of breweries we see going. Like they they do a couple U.S. states and then jump international. Idaho and Taiwan. Yeah, it was just like. Oh, here, sure. like it, I, it's and it's awesome to see that because like you don't think of those as craft beer markets, but a lot of them are real up and comers. American Samoa, you know, like it was. Yeah. No, I'm just. <laughs> well, it's cool because it, it seems was, like, like all these, you know, all these South Pacific, na- you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's weird, it, it, but it was cool. It seems like he used Idaho as a like mini distribution point yeah. for for homebrewers, and it seems like that's what he was trying to accomplish with that. There's all these homebrewers that obviously um, follow him because he's meant so much to the community, an outlet for them to find his beers. So yeah, and that's what's awesome with everything that that Jamil's been doing is, you know, that's why I want to ask him like his passion because. If you paid attention to him at all, I mean, he writes constantly. He's he's had he has uh, the American Homebrewers Association book on yeast. You know, uh, he's not just writing you know mini reviews like some idiots do, like this guy. <laughs> he's actually like writing legit things that, that that takes a long process. And in the midst of that, you know, was opening and running a brewery that that in and of itself could lead you to not want to get up in the morning or not be able to sleep at night and trying to balance all these things out and still putting out beers this good. Like, you would think one of those things is going to suffer, and I'm sure his sleep is suffering. I would probably say that. Yeah, one of his newer podcasts, he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, he's just got to supplement um, writing with sleep now. That's my sleep. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> you, you, you dream about your next writing assignment. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're cracking open now. This is the one he said that was their you know, third behind the IPAs. Uh, this is their Shallow Grave Porter, which I love a really good porter. It's one of my favorite styles to have any time of year. Just have a really solid porter. And it's nice when you get one that's done in balance because you have a wide... Um, oof, letting some gas out. You have a wide... Uh, flavor profile in like some some porters are very shallow i guess we can say they're they're not very in depth with the flavors but it's nice because a porter is a really good you know people look at it as a mini stout but but there's a lot more to it than that there's there's a lot of porters that aren't porters there's a lot of porters that are like um you know off kilter stouts or whatever these porters are definitely have a specific kind of mouthfeel specific kind of taste to them and a lot of people get them wrong i think yeah because there's that that fine line between stouts and porters has been crossed both ways back and forth all over and over again we see imperial porters that you know that that tastes more like a stout, but this is absolutely phenomenal. Like I, 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 Man, love- I think it should have some smoky flavor, like s- almost some smoke, like heavy heavy roast notes. And I think this one's getting yeah. that. Like you know, porter porters came from that you know the the malting process that sometimes the malts would get charred, sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. You know, so it almost ends up being yeah, like the, a The Roush porter beer. style yeah. traditionally kind of was a mess when you go back and yeah, how they were doing yeah. because they had nothing honed in with the with the English when they were doing them. But but it's nice when you get that. It, this is definitely going back to that traditional style with yeah. that. You get 
like some really charred kind of smoky notes out of the malt, but it, it still has that sweetness because some porters get to be overly sweet. Like it's again, like goes back to what Jamil is saying, like he really hones in on balanced beers and this has that balance because in a porter, you, you kind of have to find that balance between a little bit of like really dark roasted with some sweetness. You don't want to go too much in either direction because then you're, you're getting into either being a Rauch beer or you know like a sweet stout. And you kind of have to play within that and have those flavors. And it's good to have something that's in-depth as opposed to just a very light porter, which kind of glosses over, I guess, a lot of things and kind of dips its toe into it. But having something that, you know, firmly you, you taste like some caramel, you taste some chocolate, you taste some of those those smoky type notes from the, the, the malt and everything. It's... I, I like this brewery a lot. There, uh, and that's an understatement. It's very flip the script for me. Like, this is, it tastes like, not boozy-wise, or this tastes like a bigger beer, whereas the, mm, yeah. the previous one tasted like a much smaller beer in a, in a fantastic way. I want to find porters. I want to find stouts that, that are 7% that drink like 10, and I want to find IPAs that are higher in ABV that drink easier. So yeah. it's a very hard thing to do or find one or two of those beers from from a brewery, let alone their whole line. So it's m- one of the most interesting breweries I've had. Yeah, that, in that's a long what time. it's great too because of, you know, Jamil's background. We didn't get into it too much because I, I really wanted to focus on the brewery, but I mean, him having that home brewing background really led to a lot of having these things kind of dialed in in his head before the brewery even opened. Because, I mean, going at it for you know over 10 years before we opened up a brewery and winning a gold in every, I mean, just think about every BJCP category. He won a gold medal in. That's not like, like cream ale. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah. like cream ale. Like, like everything that's out yeah. there, he won a gold medal in because that was what he set out to do. And he accomplished that. And you don't do that by just like random, like, oh, I happened to brew. Like, no, you, you kind of yeah. get an idea what you're doing. So then when you're going to that pro level, yeah, you have to tinker with a few things and, and things like that. But it, it, you have in the back of your head already where you want a beer to go before you're even really formulating everything. Like, I want it to taste like this. It's almost kind of like doing a, a back recipe type thing. Like, you know what the end product is. How do I get to that? Instead of figuring out ingredients and then thinking, where's it going to go? It's kind of, I know what I want it to taste like. Now let me figure out how to do that. And that's, you know, really how to brew a really good beer because you're looking at the end product first and, you know, reverse engineering it, basically. Yeah, he's a... Uh, based off what I've read about him, what I've heard and talking to him today and tasting his beers, it's I've always wanted to spend a lot of time sitting and brewing with a brewer, like actually go to a brewer and brew with him. I'd like to go there and just sit there and watch him. Yeah, you know, you know, and not even brew with him, just to kind of because I would I, I think be it would be an amazing wall. process to watch. Yeah, and if and if you you know have tried or not tried Heretic beers, definitely try them, and. If it's something that you really get into, go and get his book, The Brewing Classic Styles. If you're you know, interested in homebrewing, even if you're not interested in homebrewing but want to know more about beer, he goes through all of recipes for all these award-winning beers, and you get an idea. And he breaks it down, too. If you're, if you're starting out, like he has it in liquid malt and he has it in all grain. So you can, wherever, whatever level you're at, you can get into it and gives you an idea of what you're, you're doing with stuff and kind of gives you a, a footprint for where these beers win. Like he said, they were, they're basically their own recipe, but there is some type of footprint in those initial recipes that went into this to kind of give him the idea of where things should go. So... We have now cracked open another one because we're we're like working through we're, this at the we're end. Flying now, so we've now cracked open the the chocolate hazelnut porter. So just let that sink in. This, oh yeah, this is the chocolate 
hazelnut porter. Again, this is coming in seven percent as well. But I mean, this, this is definitely falling the lines of those those wonderful porters. Ed, you had the first sip, so what do you what are you thinking? A lot of chocolate, a lot of hazelnut. <laughs> the nuttiness oh, is oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. good. Yeah, super sweet. Yeah, because there's a lot of uh, you know brown ales is what I think of with a lot of that's where you see the, the nut brown. A lot of them get into that. It's, it's nice having they have a porter. thinner mouthfeel. Yeah, at that th- point, this is know? really nice because it, it gives it that creaminess. Yeah, and that chocolate. It's comes not through. quite Nutella-ish, but you know, no, it, it, it almost kind of shallow grape didn't have a stringency. It was just like a, that roasted notes, and this basically. To me, it kind of comes across. I don't know if it's the same. I don't think it's the same recipe. Might be close, but it uh, kind of cuts through that having this addition, like that cuts through and, and really smooths it out and gives it this round type. Yeah, you're not um, getting the smoky notes yeah. as as much on this this go round. Yeah, as a certified hazelnut junkie, I will uh, <laughs> stamp my seal of approval on this. Absolutely, not only does it taste like hazelnuts, it tastes like actual like fresh powdered crushed hazelnuts yeah, in your mouth. Yeah. It's not a synthetic thing. It has a beautiful feel this is again super interesting beer that drinks absolutely fabulous yeah and again like seven percent too which is nice like I, I love having that because there's times when you want like a big stout or something like you know a russian imperial stout not that this is but you want like a big dark beer but at the same time your liver and the rest of you <laughs> doesn't doesn't want a big dark your beer. liver your loved yeah. ones your dog everyone that lives with you like no one wants anything to do it so it's nice to have that that it's not as high in the abv but it, it drinks like that and gives you yeah. that that pleasure of, of having and it's nice having those chocolate notes come through it's it's crazy i you know took a sip at least 45 seconds a minute ago i still have the hazelnut yeah. like on yeah. the pal- like it's it's, yeah, and it's nice because it does it it's fresh. it's not overpowering though. no yeah. it's definitely not like it's not someone took a dropper and figured out how many like this is fresh hazelnut yeah. like, this is really coming through like just really super easy drinking too again like that's the only thing you can say with, with all of these beers perfect balance and it's it's sad because you see with some of the way the craft beer market has gone with some drinkers like they're not looking for balance which i i, I get frustrated all with. hops all the time yeah they, someday, they just someday, want they want to be beat you know. to death with yeah, flavors yeah. and that's how they judge a beer like oh well i can taste it well yeah but it should be subtle sometimes like it shouldn't beat you to death yeah just to tell you what's in there it should be subtle and enjoyable because then all of a sudden well you have to have you know, half of one you can't drink anymore. Well, sometimes yeah. subtle makes you like reflect on it. it makes it like, w- what am I drinking here? Like, what what is going? What on? am I doing here? Like, yes. Where am I? What does it all mean? Yeah. <laughs> going back to evil cousin. That's a hundred IBUs, and that didn't taste like no hundred at all. Not at all. All right, because we're up against it. We're we're pounding through. So now. We've opened up the last one. Do you, is, have, a, do you have a bong? Or woo, right is, we're just going through because this, this is this is the joys of live radio. We were kind of up against uh, time. But uh, this is the last one. This is Torment. This is a Belgian strong dark 10%. So we're kind of ending on a big note. So I mean, it's nice to just see, you know, getting into doing a Belgian beer. A lot of breweries have made attempts at it. We'll, we'll put it that way. But uh, they don't always—they're not always able to dial that in the the correct manner, unless you like really take a step back and, and understand, you know, a Belgian style. I'm interested to see what Matt thinks because Matt, Matt loves his Belgian. So I get some Belgian candy well, out of this. I'm almost—I uh, I oh, know yeah. it's going to be good before even tasting it because he's so yeast-driven. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's oh, you all, definitely that's get that Belgian. through. And that's what's nice. Like just even in the nose, like you get a lot of that candy, sugar, some caramel. It's it's fairly complex. I mean, it's a ten percent too. I mean, this is. It's still, it's still dry, though. 
Oh, yeah. Really nice spiciness and not a lot of clove, mm-hmm. a little bit of banana. Almost like Weizenbach a little bit, but it's still, I mean, it's very Belgium. It's very, it, the soul is Belgium, which yeah. is very hard to do from a lot of American breweries. Yeah. And but it's still dry. Yeah, it's, you it's not still... Like that, you, you don't have that overpowering It tastes sweetness. like it's 5%. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it also drinks a lot easier. It doesn't yeah. drink like this is 10%. Like, you're not like, oh, God. Which, you know, is great. Like, we've said it on here before. It's phenomenal. But also, kind of sucks. Because, like, you don't realize it. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm done. Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, well, super balance in that. And that's what he's talking about. Like, with balance, attenuation, the whole nine. I'll chug this all night. Every single one of these beers, Yeah, there was no... Zero off kilter. No. It was all perfectly balanced, which is a testament. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the skills, you know, growing up when you can hone, yeah, growing up, I mean, but going through <laughs> everything. And I was six and I started homebrewing. <laughs> but going through all this stuff, like, you know, coming through the homebrewing, like, you really have to learn how to dial things in and get that balance right to win medals in all of these categories. So that's definitely where you're going to see his beers falling perfectly in line of being perfectly balanced for whatever the style is. He has all, ticks all the right boxes because he's just gone through the process and understands how everything works. And there's a big difference between wanting to win a, a medal in every category and winning a medal in yeah. every category. A huge difference. Oh, yes. And not, oh, by the way, gold medal in every category. Yeah, that, that's true. It's like yeah. one thing to say, I want a medal. It's like, no, I want a gold medal. <laughs> I wonder if he does that too. Like, hey, I want a medal in every gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like, as always, like, wear, like walks around with all like of them around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> like what? It's like Mr. T. Like yeah. you know, got nothing on <laughs> him. I love <laughs> Jamel. If you're still listening, shave your head like a mohawk and start walking around like Mr. T. So next week on the show, because we're up against it again, uh, we have another phenomenal brewery out of Colorado, Ska Brewing Company. We're going to be joined by their brewmaster, Thomas Larson, really cracking into some great beers. Ska Brewing has such a loyal following, and uh, you're going to hear why next week as we crack through all those, because they are such good beers. So until next week, keep drinking, and we'll talk to you then. Cheers. 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 See you later. Bye.